just love seeing you this morning. I wanted to say something about the preacher that's coming. Somebody goes, you know who's coming? Well, sort of. I, I sort of know. And, and you can already be praying about this. Somewhere there is a little preacher family that may be going through something that is not pleasant. And the end result of that unpleasantness is that they're going to become available for a new preaching opportunity. Very few preachers come into a new work without old scars. Now, it would be nice if you could go to the shower of forgetting. Maybe it would be a shower. Maybe it would be like a, a sheep dip. You know, they just run a, run a preacher and their family through and they forget every bad thing that ever happened. And, and the way that lady talked to him that Sunday after church. And, um, but unless you get a young preacher who's never preached anywhere before and maybe has never ever been to church before, you're going to get somebody with a little negative baggage because working in the body of Christ hurts because everyone in the body of Christ is not done yet and some of the ways that we are not yet done hurt other people I'm sorry that's just true we're going to talk, say a little truth here well the old story is to live above with saints we love, oh, won't that be glory. But to live below with the saints we know, well, that's another story. Now, you are sitting there committing that you yourself will not be one of those hurtful folks. May your generation increase. But somewhere, it is likely that someone with a broken dream and a broken heart is being prepared to come with a new dream and a healed heart to work here. My advice to you would be pray for that person already. Pray for that person already. Pray for the family of that person already. Pray for whatever situation is going to make that person available to you already. And pray that God will prepare your heart and your ways and your dreams and your expectations for a new beginning even here. I know Jimmy Sportsman is going to be a hard act to follow. Trust me, it's better to follow a hard act to follow than to follow an easy act to follow. I've done both. I've done both. So Lord, we ask you with our eyes open, we ask you to bless this church and the leaders of this church and the followers in this church and the children in this church and the wise and gentle people in this church, and the cantankerous people in this church, we ask you to bless this church that it will become a more and more Christ-like body. And we pray for those families that are going to find themselves looked at, evaluated for the preaching ministry of this church. We pray, Father, that you'll be with them even in these moments that may be turbulent so that what may come will be a blessing to the church where they are now and a blessing in the life of this church going forward. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, which has, who has the church as his body on earth. Amen. No, I'm not going to quit. Uh, there's, there's a little bit more. And preacher, people always go, 
they always say a little bit more and it's never a little bit more. I've got a, a preacher fr- friend, well, it's his wife, that uh, will say to the, the preacher, you, you missed three good times to land the plane. And, uh, and so sometimes in the audience, you can see people going, land. <sighs> see, it gets, it gets bad when I stop being afraid of you, doesn't it? Palm Sunday, palms on the center aisle. Palm Sunday, that's the beginning of what is called by some passion week. I mean, it leads to the final minutes in the life of Jesus as he hangs on the cross, as the world's gone dark, as the disciples have run away, and the women stand nearby, and John stands caring for them, and they watch Jesus die. And John 19, John writes, The one who saw this writes this, An eyewitness to the last moments of Jesus' earthly life before he was buried. It is a whiplash week to go from the triumphal entry to it is finished. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Crucify him, crucify him. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I thirst. It is finished. It's quite a week. And it is impossible in 20 minutes to get all of our hands around it. So we'll take a handle or two. The first thing I want to say, and I'm not going to count them all. You know, I sometimes I do. The first thing I want to say is, and B is, and then... Uh, and so people try to count that up or take notes and they go, you know, you don't, when you don't have a PowerPoint, you don't do it right. From the time Jesus is born, Jerusalem is a place that he is always heading toward. He's born in Bethlehem and in eight days, he's in Jerusalem. His parents offer the sacrifice of the poor birds. Simeon and Anna recognize and welcome him. Jesus, the 12, is in Jerusalem. And when he begins his ministry, every year he goes up to Passover. He probably goes for some of the other festivals too. He says he's the light of the world in the middle of the festival of lights, tabernacles. But often it's Passover. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is heading to Jerusalem. Shortly after the Mount of Transfiguration in Luke chapter 9, it says that Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem Verse 52, verse 51, he says, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. In chapter 9, he's heading to Jerusalem. In chapter 13, verse 22, he says that Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. And then again in chapter 17, it says... Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And then in verse 18, verse 31, he told the twelve, We're going up to Jerusalem, and everything that's written about the prophets, about the Son of Man, will be fulfilled. He'll be handed over to the Gentiles. They'll mock him, and they'll insult him, and spit on him, and flog him, and kill him. And on the third day, he'll rise again. And the disciples didn't understand any of that. Finally... In Luke 19, verse 29, 28, after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. 
And then you have the triumphal entry. Somebody says, that's about as interesting as watching bread mold. Well, it's really more interesting than that. Because Jesus didn't come to earth to be on vacation. Now, he, he, he loved the lake, no doubt. And some of you have probably been to Caesarea Philippi. Up at Banyas, where the water comes out of the rock, where Jesus was confessed as the Son of God. Maybe you've seen the water. Maybe you've seen the, the brook. Maybe you've seen the trout in the brook. There's reasons why guys would want to go up there. But Jesus didn't come to the world on vacation. Paul says in Philippians 2 that Jesus emptied himself, gave up all the prerogatives of being the Son of God in heaven, and he emptied himself and became a man, born in the flesh to live in the flesh and die in the flesh, even a death on a cross. Jesus is always going toward Jerusalem. And so the purpose of his life was to fulfill the great objective of his life, to give his life for us. Jerusalem is not a great place to be. Oh, no, it's, it's a great place at the beginning of Luke. I mean, Anna's there and Simeon's there, and that's where, you know, great people go. Elizabeth's been there. Zechariah's been there in the temple. But by the end of Luke, by the end of the Gospels, Jerusalem is a dangerous place. It's the place where everything the prophets have prophesied is going to be fulfilled. In Luke 19, verse 41, as Jesus approaches Jerusalem, he weeps and said, If you had even known on this day what would bring you peace, if you could have known what would bring you peace, maybe you would have responded. In Matthew 23, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I would have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. In this last week, you have the convergence of the one who is sent going to the people who don't want him. Now there's some who are eager to hear from what God might be doing, but the world, the establishment, the, the Sadducees or the Sadducees, as we call them sometimes, the Romans, the world as it lived, did not want anything to do with what Jesus had come to do. And yet Jesus comes to Jerusalem anyway. So there's truth about this week that we need to remember. Jesus did not come down the Palm Sunday road. The Palm Sunday road, you come over the, the Mount of Olives toward Jerusalem. You, you crest the mountain across the, the valley, the Kidron Valley. You can see the Temple Mount and the temple on the Temple Mount. You walk down the windy road at the bottom of that that hill is the Garden of Gethsemane. At Passover, when you walk over the Kidron Brook, the Kidron Brook is running red with the blood of the sacrifices off the Temple Mount. Jesus didn't come into the world because the world needed one more parade. And as sweet as it is to have the kids wave the, the, the palm branches and, and do all that in the innocence that children should have, in the innocence that the people around Jesus said, could you just make them be quiet? Could you just shut the kids up? And Jesus said, you know, it's either the kids or a rock concert. What do you want? The stones will cry out. But Palm Sunday does not lead 
to a parade that saves. Palm Sunday leads to a serious dive into the pool of human need. At the end of the the triumphal entry, Jesus walks right in to the temple area and begins clearing out the money changers. And in in those that write about this, they make special note of those who were selling the birds. They were taking advantage of the poor. They were shortchanging people. You couldn't take a coin into the temple mount because it had an image on it. And so you had to go to somebody and you'd give them the coin. They would take it gladly. They would give you perhaps a little scrap of leather that had a mark on it to say how much money they had taken in. And you would take that up and you would give it in. And then maybe if you had some of that left, that script left, when you came back, you would trade it back to them and the traders would get a little cushion when they gave you the leather piece and they would take another little cushion when you brought it back and they were playing fast and loose with the worshipers of God. And Jesus has seen it for years and he judges it and the one who is welcomed, Hosanna, Hosanna, is in there with a whip and he is taking names and kicking people out. And day after day he goes back to the city that it'll be the place of his death. And he, and he talks to them. And he sees the widow give her coin. And he hears the question about marriage and the resurrection. And he tells the seven woes on the leaders. And he again and again teaches knowing that the cauldron of the rejection is boiling. But he will not run. And in this, what I want you to hear is that Jesus came down the Palm Sunday Road knowing what was at the end of the road and he would not run. Jesus was committed to the task of being the sacrifice for the sins of the world. He didn't come to fix minor things. He had a word to say about someone giving in the temple. He had a word to say about a lot of things, but the work he came to do was the work of salvation. He didn't come for the perfect people. There weren't any. There weren't any. There was nobody in Jerusalem worth dying for. There was no one in Jerusalem worth the life of the Son of God, except for one thing. Jesus thought there was. Perhaps for a good man, one might dare to die. But Paul says in Romans 5 that the wonder is that Jesus died for the ungodly. Jesus came down the Palm Sunday road hearing Hosanna from the mouths of innocent children and sinful adults. Jesus came down the Palm Sunday road knowing that the only hope for these innocent children as they grew up would be for them to find a new life in him. Jesus did not come for the righteous. And we are not here for the righteous. Sometimes we get the idea that, that the church is for the righteous. That, that, that it's kind of like recruiting people to the Kiwanis Club. You know, I was recruited to the Kiwanis Club before I... I got there and made a lot of pancakes in my life. But I, I kind of got a feeling of how I was recruited. Somebody saw me and they, they looked at me and they thought, well, he smells good, mostly. 
early in the day. Uh, he's done some good stuff. I think he's reputable. Maybe he'd be a good Kiwanis person. Or, or my, my dad was a lion. I, you know, I, with apologies to the lions, I thought the lions were always a little crazy, but they gave me a citizenship award once. That's nuts. But you know, we, we choose people to be on our committees and our teams, and we choose. Sometimes in churches, we, we, we choose. We think we're going to go after some really great folks when what we're called to do is to walk into our city down its Palm Sunday Road and dive down into our city willing to give up ourselves, our lives, our honor for the sake of the salvation of the least of those in this city. Red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. Red state, blue state, all of them need Jesus. The body of Christ is still coming down the Palm Sunday road. The body of Christ is still entering the city. The body of Christ is still listening to the questions. The body of Christ is still dying day by day, day by day, day by day for the sake of the world. Colossians, Paul says that I'm hoping to make in my sufferings, make up for what is lacking in the sufferings of Jesus. And you go, lacking in the sufferings of Jesus? Paul, do you remember you wrote Romans 5? What Paul means by that is Christ's sacrifice on the cross is a perfect sacrifice for sin. But it's going to take more sacrifice and suffering to take the message of the cross to the world. And the job of the church, the body of Christ in the world, is to continue the suffering of the Lord Christ so that the message of Jesus can go out to everyone. And so we are still going down the Palm Sunday road into the city so that we can be lifted up and offer our lives for the sake of the city. Kerrville doesn't deserve it, except Jesus says it. Go into all the world. Even the world that's close. So the cross calls us from comfort to discomfort for the sake of the world. We climb, we climb the east side of the Mount of Olives to go down the Palm Sunday Road into the city for the sake of the world. So when you're looking for a preacher, don't look for a fat cat hero preacher who's got lots of pretty words but won't get down in the mud with the least of these. When you're a preacher, don't go looking for a fat cat church with no problems. Don't go looking for a church that doesn't have any imperfect broken people in it. Don't go looking for a church that doesn't like lost folks. Go into a church and say, does this church care about the lost? Does this church care about the people in it who are still broken, growing to be more and more like Jesus? Does this church have the sacrifice of the cross embedded deep in its heart? Or has this church run so fast to Easter morning that it thinks the suffering's over? One morning, I was in Uvalde, Texas on Sunday morning. And I turned on the television there in the motel and there was a Catholic priest. So you know that counted for church. And he said, the Protestants like their crosses with nobody on it. We Catholics... Have the crucifix, the cross with Jesus on it. Because the Protestants like their crosses without a body, 
the Protestants have an inadequate theology of suffering. They run to Easter too fast. The next week it's going to be Easter and it's going to be glorious. It's going to be so sweet. And if Jesus is not raised, the cross doesn't mean anything at all. The resurrection of Jesus validates the power of the cross. We're going to talk about that next week. I won't do it now. But now is the time to say that the Palm Sunday road takes us to the cross. And all of the pathways in the life of the church should take us to the cross. So the resurrection can mean something. So without apology, we would tell you this morning, without apology, this morning we would challenge you to receive Jesus' work on the cross. He came with great love and great courage and gave himself for the sins of the world. Not just of the world, but of yours and of mine. And I would challenge you not to let the sacrifice of Jesus go to waste in your life. Receive it. Embrace it. Come to him. Join him in his death and baptism. Join him in his resurrection as you're raised wet from the water. If you need to come.